0: Hear the word of the Lord from Matthew 26:14 through 15. <clears throat> then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. He was going down anyways. The handwriting was clearly on the wall. You had to be blind not to see it, and he didn't stand a chance. So I figured that I might as well get what I could while I could. After all, I had given three years of my life to this dream that was now crumbling before me. You know, you... You all make me out to be a villain. You have this image of me as as this horrible, horrible person locked arm in arm with Satan himself. In fact, my very name has become taboo. I notice you name your sons John and Peter and Luke and Matthew. I don't see any Judases running around here. Not even one. My name has even made it into the dictionary. You look up Judas, and you don't see follower of Jesus. You don't see keeper of the money. You know what you see? You see the word traitor. A Judas, a traitor. But you know, if you really take some time to think about it, I'm not all that different from you. Yes, different era. Yes, different time, different culture, different world. But you know what? Our choices, our actions, our decisions, I think are a lot more similar than maybe you all want to admit. You see, you only remember me as a traitor. You only think about the end of my story. But don't forget that I was... I was a faithful follower of Jesus Christ for years, right? I was committed to his cause. I believed that he was the Messiah, the promised one, and I staked my life on that belief, right? I gave three years of my life to the cause that was Jesus Christ, I know you. you, you honor and you respect Peter and James and John because when Jesus came to them and said, hey, leave behind your fishing nets and come follow me, they left behind their nets and off they went, right? You hold them in high respect as people of faith because they did that. I did that too. Jesus came and found me right where I was and he said, you Judas, come follow me. And you know what I did? I left everything behind and I went and I followed him. I left behind my life with all its promise, with all its future, for the sake of Jesus Christ. I was there for all those, all those great events that you read about in the Bible, right? I was there. I was sitting on that hillside when Jesus took five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 men, plus the women and children. I got to carry one of those baskets those those baskets that never got emptied it was the most amazing thing i have ever seen i heard jesus teach i listened to all of his amazing words i was i was one of the ones that jesus sent out 2 by 2 remember he sent the disciples out 2 by 2 i was one of those and i went out and i cast out demons and i healed the sick I was a disciple, I did all of those disciple things Because I was committed to the cause of Jesus I really believed in him you know, he, he spoke unlike anyone else that had ever heard speak before He certainly wasn't like the other religious leaders of the day those guys they were the traitors, not Jesus, they were the those religious leaders, they were the ones trying so hard to fit in with the Romans right to to fit within all their rules and regulations. they were the ones who had sold their souls to the foreign occupation, not Jesus, they were the ones who were kissing the feet of 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 the Roman emperor. Right? They were the ones who were making fools of themselves in order to win the favor of this puppet governor, Pontius Pilate, who, by the way, would do anything for political purposes, anything to keep power. They were the traitors. They were the ones playing political games, not Jesus. <laughs> not Jesus. That's not how Jesus rolled. No, he did not play the game by the rules they told him to play. He spoke with with authority and power. He refused to kiss up to the Romans. He refused to play their political games that the chief priests and the teachers of the law were playing. He spoke truth and he told it just like it is. He talked about a coming kingdom. A kingdom that was outside the control of the Romans. He talked about justice. He talked about freedom. He talked all this Messiah talk. And I knew, when I heard him speak, I knew that that this was something different. That he was the real deal. I believed that he was truly going to usher in a new kingdom for Israel. Now, I was going to be a part of it. I was going to be a part of that. I was going to be a big part of that. See, this was my my big chance. This was my lucky break. Because Jesus, of, of all this band of disciples, of all of us, he looked at me and said, Judas, I want you to be the treasurer. Now, I'll have to admit there wasn't a whole lot in the money bag at that time. We were pretty poor. But that was all going to change. When Jesus claimed his kingdom, right, when, when Jesus restored the throne of David in Jerusalem where it was supposed to be, when, when, when Jesus finally became king, the riches were going to flow. Then the money bag was going to be full and overflowing. And I was going to have control over all of that. That was my future. Jesus was having a kingdom. I would be in the cabinet position in Jesus' kingdom. And with that cabinet position was coming a big house, fat salary, anything I wanted. That's why I didn't feel too badly about, about dipping into that money bag a little bit for myself. You know, you all make way too big of a deal of that. It wasn't that big of a deal, it wasn't really stealing. It was more like borrowing on a semi-long-term basis, right? Because pretty soon, pretty soon we were going to have more money than what we knew what to do with. Pretty soon we'd have the kingdom coffers full to overflowing. Pretty soon the little bit that I took out of there would be a drop in the ocean. You wouldn't even miss it. You wouldn't even think about it. After Jesus took his throne, after Jesus claimed that kingdom... We were going to have everything. Now, I was convinced that this Passover season, that this was going to be the time. This was it. Because the timing was perfect. It's Passover. Jerusalem is full. This city is bursting at the seams with these pilgrims who all come into Jerusalem for the Passover. And when... When we, Jesus and and us disciples, marched into Jerusalem that morning, my goodness, the people went crazy. They were waving palm branches. They were laying their their cloaks on the ground before us. They were shouting, Hosanna. This crowd was ready for Jesus. They They were eager to stand behind him. And you know what? Pilate was ripe for the toppling. This was going to be the time when my dreams would finally come true. I knew it. And then Jesus went and messed the whole thing up. It started when we were back in Bethany. A Bethany, little town just outside of Jerusalem. That's where we were staying during the Passover feast. Jesus had, had some friends there, and we were staying at their house. And it was six days before the Passover feast. Okay, we, we had six days to get ready for this big moment. Six days to get ready for a rebellion against the Roman government. Right? This was a big deal. So we're in Bethany. We're having dinner. and this night We're reclining around this low table. And, and in comes Mary, who shouldn't have been there in the first place, right? And she made an awful scene. In comes Mary, and she goes up to Jesus, and she breaks open this bottle of perfume and pours it all out on Jesus' feet. And this wasn't just any perfume. Let me tell you, this was not the cheap stuff. This was the really, really expensive stuff. I'm the money guy, so I did the math. It was worth a whole year's paycheck. Stop for a moment and think about that. A whole year's paycheck. Imagine taking your paycheck for the year, withdraw whatever amount of money you make for the year, go to your backyard fire pit and burn it. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy as she poured that out. What a waste especially now when we're six days away from rebellion and we need everything we could get. We need that money now more than ever. And she just wasted it all. That was good money gone down the drain. So so, so naturally, I stood up and I objected. Somebody had to object, right? Everyone else was just sitting there silently. I couldn't hold it in. I, I have, What a waste. She should have sold that. Perfume, giving the money to the poor, giving it to me, put it in the coffers. We could use that money. And what did Jesus do when I stood up? Did he come stand beside me? Did he stand with my defense? Did he stand by my side like I stood by his for three years? No. He defended her. He told me to leave her alone. He acted like I was wrong. I mean, come on now, think about it. A year's wages? You would have said something too. I know you would have. As I stood there, humiliated in front of everyone, that's the moment that I knew That this whole thing was not going to end well. That's the moment I knew that Jesus was going to go down in flames. Just like everybody else who ever claimed to be the Messiah. He didn't have a plan. He didn't have the resources. He didn't have what it took to stand up to the Romans. He was all talk and no action. He wasn't going to be able to pull this off. And that's when... I began to look for a way out. And if I'm going out, why not get a little something for myself along the way? After all, I had just spent three years of my life for him. I was going to have nothing to show for those three years. So, So when I had the chance, I snuck out and I had a conversation with the chief priests, with these religious leaders. I simply asked them, okay, what would you give me if I give you Jesus? Right? I had something they needed. They needed to know where Jesus was going to be. They needed to know where they could arrest him. Someplace, sometime when, when it wouldn't make a big scene. I had that information. I had something they needed. They had something I wanted. A little financial security, how about? How about the opportunity to be responsible again and get back on my feet financially? Right, so after a little backroom negotiating, they came out with, with a bag full of silver. 30 pieces, 120 denarii. That's about a third of a year's wages. Not too shabby. Do the math for yourself. Take your salary, cut it in third, put it in the bag. Carry it around with you. Not not too bad. Now I know where they got that number, 30 pieces of silver. They got it from Exodus 21. Exodus 21 tells you that 30 pieces of silver is what you owe somebody if your animal kills their slave. Your donkey kicks their slave, kills them, you owe them 30 pieces of silver. In other words, 30 pieces of silver is the price of a dead man. Or maybe they might have gotten 30 pieces of silver from Zechariah 11. In Zechariah 11, we're told that if you want to fire your shepherd, the severance pay that you give for a shepherd that you're done with is 30 pieces of silver. Either way, whether he's going to be a dead man or a rejected shepherd, he was over. He was going down anyways. So I had a decision to make as I stood there, right? What did it really matter if he was going down anyways, with or without me? So why not, why not make a little for myself along the way? So it didn't take me too long to make up my mind. 30 pieces of silver all wrapped up nicely in a bag? Come on. Come on now. You look at me like... Like that sense of disbelief and horror that made that choice. You make it seem like, you make it seem like you wouldn't have made the same decision. You make it seem like you're so different from me. Put yourself in my place. And my guess is you probably would have done the exact same thing. You know why? Because you and I are infected with the very same disease of greed. We got it. We all are. Every day, you and I are faced with the exact same choice. You are faced with the same choice that I was. Money or Jesus? Oh, I get it. Mine was a little bit more obvious, right? (laughs) A little bit more visible than yours. Jesus himself was standing just nearby. I could see him. I could touch him. I could shake his hand. And this bag of 30 pieces of silver was literally dangling in front of my eyes. Okay, so yes, the connection is obvious in my case. My greed, my betrayal may have been more clear, more obvious, but yours is just as deadly. And dare I say, maybe even more dangerous than mine. Because you all know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You you know what Jesus has called you to do. You know who Jesus has called you to be. You know how Jesus has called you to live. You know that that comes at a cost. You know that there's a sacrifice to be made if you're going to be obedient to the call of Jesus Christ in your life. And maybe that cost is, is financial, Maybe there's a financial cost to your obedience. Maybe that that cost comes in in terms of your your time and your comfort. There's a payment to be made there. Or maybe that cost is your, your sense of security, and he's asking you to step out in faith. I don't know what it is for you, but I do know that all of us are faced with the same choice that I was. You have your bag of treasure on one hand, your 30 pieces of silver, and you have Jesus on the other. And you have to choose, just like I did. You have to choose, just like I did. You aren't that different from me, are you? You know what's in your bag of silver. Maybe it's that that trip you have planned, that shiny new car, that That bigger new house that can be yours if you choose money over Jesus. Maybe it's carefree nights and weekends. Easy retirement without any responsibilities. If you just choose comfort and laziness over obedience to Jesus. Or you could choose to keep that guilt-free feeling... That guilt-free feeling that you can have if you pretend that that hurting and bully kid in your school isn't your responsibility. If you pretend like that neighbor, doesn't matter to you. It's not your business. You can choose that guilt-free feeling or you can choose Jesus. You can choose to ignore Jesus' heart of love. And take your bag of silver instead. The bag is pretty tempting. Isn't it? Because the devil knows exactly what to put into each of our bags. He knows exactly what will truly tempt every single one of us. To daily choose the 30 pieces of silver over obedience to Jesus. You don't want to admit it. I know. But you and I are an awful lot alike. Every time you choose your bag of silver over Jesus, you turn your back on him and you betray him again. We're pretty good company, you and me. But you know, there is one difference in my story and your story. See, your story doesn't need to end the way that mine ended. You've got a chance to make a change. I don't. Because I missed my chance. You know my story. I made the choice. I chose my bag of silver over Jesus. And as I walked out of there and I and I carried this bag of silver, the clanking of the coins, the rattling of the of the silver. It hurt my ears, and it hurt my heart. I thought that sound would bring me great joy, and instead that, that rattle became deafening to me. It was the rattle of death. It was blood money. And I realized that I had made the wrong choice. I, I realized that that selfishness and greed had become of my God. <laughs> I realized I made a horrible mistake. And so, and so I tried to undo it. I tried to go back and make this wrong of mine right again, to undo what I had done, but I couldn't. I, I went back to the leaders who had paid me off, and I tried to give them their silver back. Right? These 30 pieces of silver that had seemed so good just a few moments ago were now a burden reminding me of my sin What it seemed so valuable I knew now was worthless and I tried to get rid of it. But they wouldn't take it. The chief priests wouldn't take it back. The teachers of the law, they wouldn't take it back. This guilt in the bag got heavier and heavier and heavier and I couldn't set it down. And I knew where I was supposed to get rid of guilt. That's what the temple is for, right? So I went to the temple. But even standing there in the temple, there was no freedom. There was no release. There was no way for me to, to be done with this guilt. All I felt was the weight of the silver getting heavier and heavier. And so, and so I just took it and I, and I threw it into the temple. And, and the hollow ring of those coins as it echoed throughout the floor. It echoed through my empty soul, and I knew there was no way to undo my sin. The guilt was mine, and it crushed me. It killed me. But you, you have an option that I never had. Because you now have a risen Jesus. And you have an empty cross. And you have an empty tomb, which means you can choose forgiveness. Right? Again and again, you can find your bag of silver and you can take it and you can and you can take it to the foot of the cross and you can lay it, you can lay it down. You can set it down and be free. You can be free of your guilt. You can be forgiven. You can have a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance because of Jesus. That's the grace that Jesus is willing to give to you. You can take take all this, this blood money, whatever's in your bag, and you can throw it away. You can be done with it. Because Jesus will take it away from you. You can lay it down before Him. And He'll give you the forgiveness that you so desperately need. He can give you hope. Hope for today. Hope for tomorrow. Hope for eternity. He can give you the hope that I never had. That's grace. And that's the grace that Jesus is willing to give to you. But know that that grace... And that forgiveness and that hope doesn't come cheaply. If you want forgiveness, it requires repentance, true repentance. And true repentance means not only that you're truly sorry, but it also means that there is true change in your life. It's a commitment that next time, next time that you are faced with a choice, Next time you are forced to choose between obedience to Jesus and a bag of treasure designed just for you, that next time you're going to choose Jesus. I didn't get that second chance. But you do. So you need to ask yourselves, what's more important to you, Jesus or or your 30 pieces of silver? What's gonna control your life, Jesus? Or your 30 pieces of silver, whatever they might be? What do you love more, Jesus? Or your 30 pieces of silver? If your answer is Jesus, if you love Jesus more than anything else in the world, if you're willing to commit your life completely to him, then you are welcome to experience the greatest gift that I never got to have, grace. You you get to be on the receiving end of the, the body and the blood of Jesus that was sacrificed for you. You get to bring your guilt to the foot of the cross and lay it down and walk away clean. Forgiven and free. I am so envious of you. Thank you. Being able to talk with you this morning means so much to me. Because I so badly, I so badly want you to learn what I learned the hard way. I so badly want you to make a different choice than I did. I so badly want your story to end differently than mine did. And I don't think you can know the gift that you've been given half as much as I do. I don't think you know the value of the grace that you've been given as much as I do since I missed it. I realize now that even though I walked side by side with Jesus for three years, I completely missed him. I completely missed the truth of who he really was and what he was all about. I completely missed the depth of his love. So yes, you and I, we are an awful lot alike. But we don't need to stay that way. Your story can be so different from mine if, in grace, you choose the right treasure. Because what Jesus has to offer is so much more precious than whatever empty treasure this world might promise you. Let me pray for you that you might make the right choice. Lord Jesus, I pray for these people here this morning. I pray that they might choose you. That they might recognize the value of forgiveness. The value of grace. The value of your love. And to realize that it is a treasure far beyond whatever Satan might drop into their little treasure bag whatever this world might say is more valuable and more important jesus you you died and rose again to give them another chance to welcome them home into your family let nothing get in the way of that purpose thank you for your grace thank you for your love Thank you for your forgiveness and thank you for the power of the cross that changes everything. Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.